It's good to have some of you back and hear you sing again. We love it. Hmm. Again, God is putting things together in just such a, just a grand way. Just a grand way. Hopefully we will see as we go through our service together. Oh, I'm going to read our scripture in just a little bit. Sometimes we start, a lot of times we start with that, but I'm going to give you just a minute. and I'm going to think about a couple of things. One, in the summers, and you may have heard some of these stories before, but, but there's kind of lines around Indiana, right? They're not perfect lines. They're a little fluid, but, you know, if you live above or below this line, you might root for a team up in West Lafayette, and maybe if you're below a little line or over a little bit, you might root for, for a team that, that dresses very nice in some candy stripes, or maybe you're more of a Cub area or a Cardinal area or a Reds area if you're sports fans, but, but there's all these lines. One of those lines that we have that is between where we came from in Bloomington and where we love now in Cory is there's a line of, if you are Kings Island people, or you're a holiday world people, right? Where do most of you go in those t- at those times? Most of you, this is a holiday. This is on that side of the line. Now, now when we were in Bloomington, we were Kings Island people. It was closer for us, and, and that's where we went every year. And you may have heard those stories, but we would get up. I would lead the teens, and we would have a nice big group. We would pack the van. We would create all of our lunch and snacks because you can't afford to eat there. So you would pack that, and we would go outside. But the one thing that we really tried to do every year, which is very difficult with, with young men and women, is we would try to leave early enough that we could get there, we could park, get our tickets organized, and be ready for when the doors opened okay we wanted to be ready we wanted to be prepared we didn't want to miss it we wanted we were excited for the doors to open because then we would run in we would go to the best newest rides or the ones that everybody wanted and we would be able to ride it just six seven times in a row because nobody was there yes so there are no lines and it was the we got more in in the first 20 30 minutes probably than the rest of the day combined we love when the doors open we like in our society we really do like when doors open for us right be in a job situation we love to even use that phrase you know the door just opened for me we love to hear that Right now, if you if you in a cramped elevator with a lot of people, you really love when the doors are finally opened. Right, uh, one of the greatest inventions in my mind. This seems silly, but I really love an invention called the automatic door. Anybody else like automatic doors? Okay, you, you really love them at hotels when you've got all this stuff. You really love them at the grocery store, right? When you got a bunch of stuff you're carrying in the cart, or you have kids. It's just there's just something really nice. You don't have when we went through COVID, you really liked automatic doors. You didn't have to touch what everybody else has touched. All these things. That it's really something. Now, I'm going to test you that I don't expect you. I would be really impressed if somebody knows who or when the automatic door was invented. I, now, if I were Mike, I would ask Jim because he had to have been around for it. Right? I'm going to use his joke. But no, you know what? Jim wasn't even around. How old in the, how old could the automatic door be? Would you be surprised? (laughs) 
He's very, it was about 100, it was about the first century 100, but you are dead on. I'm impressed. Well, let's, give, let's give Leonard a round. That's pretty impressive. Okay? And the automatic door was invented in the first century, basically the times that Jesus and the, Old, and the New Testament are being written. Okay? And it was for the Greek temples. It was, there was a person named Heron or Harrow, depending on who you read, but he actually invented this and he would have the, those that are over the temples heat up uh, the, the water and he would heat up in this this altar and it would bubble the water and then it would push the water out and the water would weigh enough that it would pull down ropes and it would open the doors and they would heat that they timed it so that all that would occur when people were coming to enter into the temple and the doors would open for them I think that's amazing. I think that's pretty phenomenal. It was really smart in Alexandria. So this is something that they had. It's that old, right? Now, who can remember when you would go, when you were a little kid and you would go to, to, to a grocery store or something with the automatic door? Now, if you were anything like me, I hope you weren't, no. But if you were anything like me, you would probably go up there, right? And you would say, and you'd lift your hands when you knew it was going to open. You'd get up there and say, Open sesame, right? Because you wanted to make a sound like you had the authority to open this door. Anybody else do that? Oh, yeah. I thought there'd be some people, right? Or if maybe you're like Ryan Swearage and you probably do think, I'm going to use the Jedi mind trick. Every time. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> you would just, you love those doors. They were just so cool to have those. Now, if I were an eight-year-old Bible scholar instead of whatever I was at eight year, years old, I might have a different routine. I might not do the open sesame. I might not do the Jedi mind trick, right? I might come and I would might look up to the heaven and give a big sigh and say, Ephatha, if I were a Bible scholar, okay? There's a great passage. There's a great passage we're going to read today. And I'm telling you, it's so easy to miss this. Uh, the district is working on doing a Lent devotional. And we've got several pastors that have been doing that. Uh, Jaron Rogers has been and putting that together. And he's been doing a phenomenal job. But it's had different people right now. He had people sign up. Because what happens when you sign, have people sign up? Not all the spots get filled, right? Not, not everybody. There's always a couple of those spots that are left, right? And, and being friends with Jaron, we were like, okay, Jaron, you got a couple spots left. You need us to do more than one. So everybody had already taken the good stories, right? Everybody's already done. We've got Jesus turning over. We're doing in Mark. So we've got some really fantastic stories, some of which we've already heard today. It goes along well. And because Mark so much is, is the part of miracles, we have different themes through different services because we try to hit the fullness of God's word. But one of the things that we see, especially in Mark, are the miracles of God, that Jesus has come and he performs these, not to do some, do some tricks, not to say open sesame, not to say abracadabra. He is coming and doing these miracles so that we know that our Messiah has come, right? That he's, there's purpose behind all of these miracles, right? But I come to this one story, and I'd already written this other one, and this one story, it's like, you know, it's, the, it's one of those that just nobody else wanted, right? But we're going to read that today. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? We are in Mark chapter 7, starting with verse 31 today. Mark chapter 7, verse 31. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. 
There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. Nobody likes that passage, right? Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven, and with a deep sigh, he said, Epitha, which means, be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, and his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. This is a great line. He has done everything well. That's my Jesus. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your written word, your living word, Jesus Christ, in our lives, Lord. We say so often, may our ears be opened and our hearts open and our minds open. Let us dig into this scripture, Lord, and truly let us hear your words today. Be opened. And let us respond. We love you and we praise you. Stay in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. See, look at this devotional. This is just another miracle in Mark's story. We've seen so many of them already. I mean, this is this come after he walks on water. He walks on water. This is nothing, right? But no, there's more. He's healing these people. He is doing these works. We love to read through them. See, he, he had been, he had gone up to, to Tyre. He'd gone up there because the, he, he was around the, the Sea of Galilee. He was kind of around his home base in Capernaum, and he'd been doing these things. But he went up. He knew there were a lot of people up in Tyre that, that needed to heal. That there was, it was a rough place. These were, that was the Gentile area. They were going up there. This is like going up to West Lafayette, okay? You knew it was coming, Mike. You knew it was coming, right? I, I do owe you and Tim. I'm going to get you. I'm just kidding. I love it. And so they were up in the tire, and they had done these miracles. And it says here they came back to the Sea of Galilee. Jesus did so much of his work. You know, really the, the northern part of, of Tyre was kind of the furthest he got in, on some of his mission until later. Physically, later we know he comes up to Damascus, which is even further north, and meets with Paul and does some amazing things. But in his earthly ministry, this, the Tyre was kind of the highest he went up. But here he came back down into the region. And all these little cities on the east side, and going down along uh, the Sea of Galilee, he was going into these but we saw earlier when Christy and, Christy and I didn't know what she was doing. She didn't know what I was doing. But, but we went down here and, and we see that people started to understand and know what Jesus was capable of. And they started bringing people to him so that he would heal them, that he would touch them. And he says, there were some people brought him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. Now, I understand today it would be a difficult challenge if we had those things placed upon us. We know people that have, that have, have issues with blindness. We know people that have issues and infirmities with their body. And we know people that, 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 that have, can't hear 
man, those are difficulties, but can you imagine what it would be like at this time without some of the advantages that we have to go through life not being able to hear, to be able to see? It takes friends in those situations. If you think about it, if you can't hear, how would he have even been able to hear the stories of what Jesus had done in these other places? He needed those people that did hear to come. Guess what? We have someone to take you to. That the faithfulness that we heard before in this other story, the faithfulness of them to bring. And he loved the, the word here. Not because we like to beg, right? But that's how deeply they loved, how deeply they wanted this. The desire, and I'm telling you, this is the heart of Jesus, is they had a desire for someone else. For someone else's need. That is the heart of Christ, to have the desire for someone else. And we do see this miracle. We don't know, always know exactly why. You know, why did he spit in this? Why did he do that when he did the man's eyes? Sometimes he just speaks it and it's done. You know, I think he, he's doing, different, doing it different ways. Just really so people understand it's not about how he does it. It's not about the words that he says. It's not that he says open sesame. It's about who's doing the work. That he does it different ways so they know it's really about him and not trying to find something other secret way to do things. How oh, he looked up to heaven. He gave a big sigh. Be open. And guess what? At his words, the man was opened. His ears were opened. His tongue was loosened. He, his speech came into alignment can't imagine the joy that this one would have the freedom could you imagine what it would be like to have those things fixed healed touched i hope you can imagine that i hope you know and understand that when we accept him into our hearts that is the joy. That's what we see, things we've not seen, feel things. We, this is what it means when we are saved and receive His Spirit and are touched by Him. Whew. That is the joy. That is the, the freedom that you are now brought into in Christ. Now, I was looking at the story and doing some research. You know, it was easy to just still see this as just another miracle. It's just another thing. But you know what? Uh, we're going to listen to a different piece of Scripture this morning. I'm not going to have you turn to it, uh, but it's in Isaiah 35 if you want to look at it later. And I'm just convinced that there's more going on here. I'm convinced that, that there's more to this passage than maybe we might first see. You see, if we were in Isaiah 35, this is kind of an odd chapter because it sure sounds a lot more like the Isaiah 40 to 55 later on when there's all this hope and the promise and, and prophetic things that are going to be good for, for Israel. But it, it's kind of in this back part where, guess what? He just got done with some strong warnings for the people in the exile. And we know that we, we, we hear and we feel that this God in the Old Testament, that he's got all of these warnings, right? He's got all these things. But I'm telling you, if you just listen, I know we repeat it, and I'm going to repeat it plenty more because I need to hear it. God is gracious 
merciful and forgiving in the Old Testament. Time and time again, he tells me, if you would just, if you would just, I will do this. He doesn't, he doesn't leave them where they're at. He knows there needs to be correction. He doesn't, but he always is try, providing this way for forgiveness. And in Isaiah 35, similar to the others, he gives this prophetic promise. There's this poetic, there's a poem here, there's a poetic comfort that he gives them. And I'm going to read verses 4, 5, and 6 out of Isaiah 35. It says, Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong and do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come, don't miss, He will come to save you. He loves you so much that He will come to save you. Then we hear these words. This is how you know it's time that He has come to save us. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. If you've been reading through Mark, the rest of this, it sure sounds a lot like Mark. It sounds a lot like, you know, maybe when he's coming to do these miracles, it's not just to heal people, right? It is to pronounce and announce that he has come to save us. He's come all the way from Tyre, around the sea, got all these things to do and proclaim that people will know that this time has come. Now, we certainly are well served to to read that passage in the context of the Old Testament promises for those that were in exile, because guess what? They were going to be brought out of of exile. They were going to be saved from that, but we know that there is more there. Eyes were going to be open. Ears were going to be open. Lame would be leaping, and tongues would be loosed. In studying this, I actually ran into something really surprising to me. I don't know if you're like me and you read something like, that doesn't sound right. That just doesn't sound right. And you know what? I may be a pastor. I may have done study. I'm still surprised. And I pray to God that I continue to be amazed by God and his word. That he still brings things to me. He still makes me excited and passionate to learn things about him. So I was reading, and, and, and one commentary talked about that, guess what, did you know that this passage in Mark is the only time that Jesus healed someone's hearing? We see blind several times, we see lame several things, get up and walk, we see all these, but this is the only time that I found, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm open to that, but I, I, I looked for it, because I just that doesn't sound right. This is the only time in Scripture, he probably did that other places. He did a lot of healings, but written down in the Scripture, the only time that he healed someone, that he put his hands on his ears, and they were opened. That means, I really think he was talking about Isaiah 35. I really think this connection, I really think that he was coming and proclaiming to these people in this place that not only am I Messiah, not only am I able to heal but I'm here for a purpose, to provide, to fulfill this prophecy for you, my people, to have salvation in my name. That there is purpose in the love that he has for us. 
Jesus has the power to restore this announcement. The time has come. Epitha. He has come to save us. Be open. I want us, when we hear, when we pray, I use it, a lot of other people, it's it's normal thing. Say, God, just open our hearts and open our ears, right? There's so much of our prayers that need to be listening to him, that need to hear what that is. You know what? He uses all of us, not everything in this church that we are going to do moving forward to to really break through, to have revival, to do the things we're singing about are going to come from me. They're not just going to come from board. Guess what? We are his people. We are here to listen. He has ministries for us. He has ministries for you. If you're just coming each week to listen to this and be encouraged, I think he has more for you. I think he's called you into more. That's not to make you feel guilty. That's to give you freedom to listen, to obey, to follow where he would send you. I think he has more for us. He may have, he, we might have the next six preachers that we're going to have in here. There might be more for us. We might have a, somebody to teach Sunday school that's never taught. We might have somebody that's supposed to go and start a church somewhere else and leave us. We would hate that, right? But not if it's for the glory of God. You know, this also it reminds me of some other passages. Chip, how long were you guys in Revelation letters to the churches? <laughs> it was a long time. Every one of those letters, every one of those letters to the churches in Revelation, it says, we have heard, it says, whoever has ears, let them hear. Good, bad, wherever we were at, because I'll tell you, those churches had a wide range of churches. But all of those ended with whoever has ears, let them hear. His word was for them, it is for us, it is for everybody out there. His word is so powerful, his love is so great. Let us have ears to hear what he would say to us. I love that this is, ties into to that passage where they're lowering this other man in. And I'm going to take a little side note, and then we talk about our trip a little bit. It was one of the most powerful parts of our trip to Israel. Because we went to Capernaum. We went with that story where his friends lowered him down. Because that's always been a weird story. I think we talked a little bit when we, we gave a little talk. But when we got there, those houses were so close together. And you're like, who gets on the roof? Who carries people? That just doesn't make any sense. But they were so close together. But it says that because of what Jesus had done, because people couldn't help but preach the word when they saw that people were healed, even when Jesus told them that they needed to not say anything, I need to be able to move around, people ignored Jesus on that, even after he'd done this great thing, because they were so filled with joy that their life had been changed, that they'd been healed, they couldn't keep it in. Are we like that when Jesus changes our life? Are we so excited that we can do nothing else but go out and proclaim what he has done for us? But when that happens, people descended upon this little town. And Jesus was in this house. And guess what? It didn't take more than about 20 people to make it too hard to get through. The walls were so close together, but they were so close together. They would be able to climb. There were stones. They would be able to walk from, you could actually walk from ceiling to ceiling, from wall to house to house was 
that story made a lot more sense. But it is in this passage, is that passage. Man, I can't believe this all came together so well. Actually, I can. He is good. He is faithful. But after they took him, there's people that love this person that the rest of society would throw away. And see, his value is not after the miracle. We have people among us that have challenges and disabilities, different things, people that live with these. Their value is no less. Their value is not in their restoration. God's power is seen in their restoration. But these people saw their value before. And they love them so much, they said, you know what? Let us bring our friend to Jesus. Not only let us bring our friend, but you know what? We believe that he can do something, so we're going to beg him. Because we want what's good. We want these healings. But they're still going to value them without. And Jesus saw that faithfulness. He looked up to heaven with a deep sigh. He said, Ephrathah. And I'll tell you, there is power in the word of Jesus Christ. He has made it possible for us to hear him. But we can't just hear. We must go and do. He has called us to do more. I'm going to invite those that are going to be singing today to come up at this time. We're going to be moving with with a song uh, Chip already had. We talked this morning. This is what we chose. This is a move. Listen to these words. God has put this together. If we are to have the revival in our church, in our lives, in our hearts, we must take a posture of being opened for Him. Being open for Him to use us. Too often we're trying to go out and we're trying to say these words, be open. No! We receive these words. We are restored. It is God and the power of Christ and His words to open us. So receive that today. Just imagine, dream of what we can do for the Word of God, for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God, if we will just allow our hearts to be opened to the things of God. Are you ready, church? I pray that you've been encouraged today. I pray that you've been challenged today. I pray that you have a little bit of excitement for what God can do because he has done so much. But guess what? He wants to do more. Because God still does what God does. He's still doing what God does. If we would just receive him. Would you stand with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you today. We pray whatever is in our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we do give those over to you, that we place them at the throne, that we leave them with you, Lord. But we pray not just that we give you our needs because you do care and you are working in them, Lord, but we pray that we give you our minds, our hearts, and our ears today. And every day, let us have a posture of hearing and doing, of listening to you speak in our lives, Lord. Whatever we are closed to today, 
whatever needs to be opened today, open that door in our lives. Open our minds. Open our eyes, Lord. Let us see those out there that are your children, too, that we need to reach, Lord. Give us a heart for them. Open our ears that we may listen, God, and respond. Let us be like these friends as well. To see the value that maybe others do not see. To bring people to you. In the knowledge and the hope and the faith that you have come to save us. Let us proclaim loudly, Lord, of what you have done. Let us celebrate all of the victories that are found in your name. Let us, your people, be faithful to you. And we give all these things over to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're so happy that you've chosen to listen to our sermon today on the platform of your choice. We at Cory Community Church, the Nazarene, continue to honor our calling to be kingdom people. We rely upon the gift of the fellowship and community to equip each other to fulfill our mission of reflecting the love of Christ to all those that God has placed within our lives. We welcome you to join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. in Cory, Indiana, just south of State Road 46. God bless.